You're listening to MOG Channel. Hi guys, welcome to my podcast. This is MOG Channel where we help you to see a real and practical Christianity from God's Word. If you're new here, welcome. If you're returning, welcome back. Yesterday we were talking about confession of sin as regards to salvation. In other words, do you have to confess your sins before you are saved? And I think we debunked that myth. Well, if you haven't listened to that, go check it out before you start this one. Because I'm just continuing and um, that was like a foundation, so I will not be repeating myself that much. Okay, so today we're looking at confession of sins in salvation. When you're born again, uh, confession of sin, what, 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 what is the place of confession of sins? Do you confess your sins? Now, um, when we're studying these kind of things, we want to look through the Old Testament, New Testament, and then come to a conclusion. So in the Old Testament, we have texts like Leviticus, Levic, Lev, oh my goodness, Leviticus. Yeah, that's it, right? Leviticus, right, yeah. Chapter 5, verse 5. And it shall be when he shall be guilty in one of these things that he shall confess that he has sinned in that thing. Verse 6, and he shall bring his trespass offering unto the Lord for his sin, which he has sinned, a female from the flock, a lamb, or a kid of the goats, for a sin offering. And the priest shall make atonement for him concerning his sin. So we see that there was an atonement for sins under the Old Testament. Um, we're talking about the law of Moses specifically because it was that Leviticus is part of like, you will see the laws of Moses in play there so they're saying when you commit a sin you will confess to it right you you confess openly you have done this when you and then you bring an offering to the lord for your sin and so this this your sin would not be covered right till this happened till this happened nothing would like it wouldn't be covered till this happened this had to happen of course there was also the text we read i think yesterday concerning um what would happen once a year that they would bring an offering. I think that should be Leviticus 16, verse 21, that Aaron and Aaron shall lay both his hands upon the head of the live goat and confess over him all the iniquities, hmm, over him, you know, the goat was a him, over him all the iniquities of the children of Israel and all their trespasses and all their sins, putting them upon the head of the goat. So actually this um, particular ritual was uh, done concerning sins committed in ignorance right hebrews tells us that yeah committed in ignorance and it was once a year and uh so he would do that confess them on the live goat and the goat would go to another place maybe a safe space or whatever sure. <laughs> so we have other texts that uh also tell us about forgiveness of sins in the or no not forgiveness sorry confession of sins in the old testament psalms 35 or 32 verse 5 i acknowledge my sin unto you and my iniquity have i not hid i said i will confess my transgression to the lord and thou forgivest the iniquity of my sin Selah. now you have to realize that for david to be saying this is one of two things because we know that the scriptures often testify the old testament often testifies of christ it's one of two things it's either this thing is talking about the old testament practice of what confession of sins and and the that's the provision that was there which was what that they will bring an animal and kill it. You get that. And so if that's the case, that means that David here will be saying 
that the only way this sin is not just enough to confess a transgression, right? He would have had to bring the animal and offer for his transgressions to even be covered. It's not that because there was no Bible tells us clearly that there was no forgiveness of sins in the Old Testament. Uh, let me see that. Uh, it says, uh, yeah, yeah, where was that? Where was that? Where was that? Where was that? Yeah, okay. Um, Hebrews chapter 10 verse 1 For the law having a shadow of good things to come and not the very image of the things can never will do sacrifices which they offer year by year continually make the commands perfect. So it's not possible. What, <laughs> what they're offering could not take away sin at all. You know, um, the blood of bulls and goats could not take away sin. I think that should be Hebrews 10 verse 4 for it is impossible that the blood of bulls and goats should take away sin. So what they just had was a kind of like covering. Let's just say that by the in the eyes of men you would have a pass because of that thing. So when you offer that animal or something, okay, fine. You know, it's just be acknowledged, okay, your sin is covered. But to God, those sins were not covered anything because the only uh person that could have done that and taken our sins was Christ. Okay, so we have that so basically I realize you're saying that it's not just to confess, they had to bring an animal and all that. And uh obviously by context this could also be talking about the future of what christ was going to do because we also see that in um i think in romans chapter 4 we see that in romans chapter 4 like uh, david actually says something close to this romans 4 verse 6 he says even as david also described the blessedness of the man unto whom god imputes righteousness without works, saying blessed are they whose iniquities are forgiven and whose sins are covered blessed is the man to whom god will not impute sin you see that so david understood i think we've covered this in previous episodes that david understood salvation so just want to put it out there so that you realize that there's probably two ways that that text can be looked at i guess it's context that will bail us out so let's move on all right proverbs chapter 28 verse 13 he that covers his sins shall not prosper but whoever confesses and forsakes them will have mercy okay psalms 32 verse 5 i acknowledge my sins unto you and my iniquity have i not hid i said I will confess my transgressions to the Lord and you forgive the iniquity of my sin again. As I said, all these people lived in the Old Testament and they were Jews under Mosaic law. So if they were going to confess any sin or anything, they had to do it the way Moses said. Not that they felt like, oh my goodness, I just confess my sins and he forgives me. No. It's either they're talking about that or they were referring to the New Testament, what Christ was going to do. So, but I would rather, I think I'll lean more towards the Old Testament. They will still have to have brought an animal. You cannot escape this one. You had to bring an animal. Okay? So, now, if a person doesn't understand that concept, I just explained. Somebody will probably be leaning on this Old Testament text to tell us that we must confess all our sins. But you have to point out clearly to anybody who wants to use this text that from what Moses said, that these people would have to bring an animal. So, ask the person, where is your animal? If you want to confess your sins like that, where is your animal? Do you get what I'm saying? Where is your animal? <laughs> so that that that's very very important for us to like focus on us. Because now in the New Testament, when we talk about confessing our sins, remember I was saying confessing our sins so that God will forgive us. In other words, if you don't confess your sins, uh, so God will not forgive you. And I think that's a very very um, common thing in our minds. Uh, you know, I'll, before I even go back, go into further scripture, I want to say this, that <laughs> it's ridiculous, honestly. It's, it's quite ridiculous to think about it. If if confession is the way to actually receive forgiveness of sins, it, it's going to be ridiculous. Very ridiculous. 
And you know, when we talk about confessing your sins, if you look at confessing your sins, confessing your sins is not just to say, Father, I confess my sins. Uh-uh. Confess means to agree to it. So if I sinned, if I lied, I will say, I will agree to the fact that I lied. Do you understand? In the Old Testament, I said there were two kinds of offering. There was one that they brought for sins committed in ignorance. And then that was general. I didn't know. But if you knew, you must bring an animal. So <laughs> it's preposterous to think that in the New Testament, okay, let's just let's just assume this, that you must confess your sins for God to forgive you. Then all of us are going to hell. No joke. If you must confess all your sins, each one that you commit, you are all going to be in hell. Nobody can keep that, that thing up. Do you know how many sins you commit in a day? <laughs> like, do you know? <laughs> just think about it. Imagination is sin. Hope you know if, if, you, if you have the wrong kind of imagination, it's a sin. Thoughts, imaginations, the, if you allow the wrong kind of feelings to fester, whether you call it depression, whether you call it uh, uh, sorrow, why? Because the Bible tells us to rejoice in the Lord. So if you if you violate that, then that's a sin. So you allow sorrow to linger, it's a sin. You allow rejection uh, or fear to linger, is a sin, right? Uh-huh. You allow worry to linger, is a sin. Are you aware? Yes. You think, uh, how many of the thoughts you think in your head per day can you catch? There are many thoughts that fly through your mind at the speed of light every single day and several of them are sinful. And <laughs> let's not talk about the actions, the other things, murmuring, complaining, bickering, all these things are sin because they miss the mark of God's standard. So, you want to confess all of them? <laughs> You want to confess all of them, and then of course you want to do proper Old Testament style, bring your animal, because even this, these, uh, what they call it, these, uh, this Old Testament. If you notice, many times their own sins really, um, they thought their sins were more external. So um, it's when they catch you in adultery with someone's wife that they they stone you or something like that. But Jesus came to tell them, look, forget it. He says that he told them, he said, look, that sin is is of the heart. He had to explain to them, I'm paraphrasing. Where he said, if a man looks at a woman lustfully and you know in his heart he has committed adultery with her, he had to explain that look, you guys think sin is just the surface thing. Say, how about your heart? How about your heart? So you cannot say it's your actions. No, your heart too. Sin is in the heart, in your thoughts, your mind, your imaginations, your feelings. Sin is also present there. So those guys could even bring animals, but if if they had to include their their hearts, their thoughts. They would have easily understood clearly that the law in that sense was a scam that they could never have kept up with it because they're talking about grievous you know, a man a man sleeps with his neighbor's wife they catch him he steals this they catch him in the act but do you know for how long he or she has been meditating on that thing on sleeping with someone's wife on raping on killing on you know doing something how many times he has done it in his own his or her mind over and over premeditated precalculated over and over that person has probably seen that scene more than 200 times before he or she did it you wanna you wanna confess all that be my guest confess all that you realize very quickly that you cannot do that you can't that you are very inadequate in that area you just cannot do that it is too much it's just logic, right? That's number one. Number two, let's look at what um, Jesus did on the cross. Now, the question is, how many sins did Jesus forgive? I keep on bringing this up because it's like, when it comes to the Bible, we're not very mathematical. How many sins did Jesus forgive? How many? And the question is, when did he forgive the sins? 
when did we receive forgiveness of sins? It tells us clearly, Colossians 2.13, And you being dead in your trespasses and the uncircumcision of your flesh, he has made alive together with him, having forgiven you what? All trespasses. When did he forgive all trespasses? Obviously on the cross. When, actually when he died for our sins, then he rose again and everything. That happened thousands of years before you were born. <laughs> so, when we, sometimes we have this faulty understanding of forgiveness of sins that, okay, it's, it's the sins that um, you committed before you got saved. That's the one that he's, um, that he has forgiven. But then after that, you, every single one that you commit, you must now uh, confess it openly and tell the Lord, I've committed this sin. Then you now say, okay, okay, now I will now give you the forgiveness I provided. Now that doesn't make sense. It doesn't make sense. Have you seen that anything like that in your Bible? No, everywhere. It tells us that he has forgiven us all our sins, all our trespasses. Everything is forgiven. All. He didn't forgive some. He forgave all. So if that's the case, right, then we have to realize that <laughs> it's not, it, it can't be you um, confessing it that makes him forgive you. He has already forgiven you. In fact, we explained that um, what the, the, the one sin when we say like sometimes when we look at people they say they went and they saw all these visions and they were there screaming hell what were you they asked this one what were you there for I was there I'm there because I I, I fornicated what, what were you there for I'm there because I lied I'm, what, did you, what were you there for I'm there because I stole a plantain and uh, I ate it with uh, beans what are you there for uh, this that that that, 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 that. that is not what the Bible teaches Bible says that man is already condemned. Man is already condemned. Man has already been ruled under sin. John 3 tells us that man is condemned. And that if they if if he doesn't receive Christ, then you know that condemnation kicks in. Look at that. That's 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 uh, what's that? John 3. Yeah. John 3 tells us that. Okay. Uh it says, uh, let's see. Okay. Mm. Okay, John 3, 17. For God sent his son, not his son into the world to condemn the world, but that through him that the world might be saved. He that believes on him is not condemned, but he that believes not is condemned already. Condemned already. So there's already a condemnation that is in the world. Through one man sin entered the world and death by sin and death passed on all men for all men have sinned. There's already a death sentence on the world. And that sentence is spiritual as well as a physical death. A spiritual death, there's physical death. It's already there. So he's already condemned. Christ is the solution, is the way out. Yes. So if you think about it, what sends the unbeliever to hell is already his is, is the fact that he rejects what Christ has offered. That's what sends him to hell. It's his rejection of that that brings the condemnation he has already faced. It's like this. You were um what's the word? You owed somebody money. You owed someone one millionaire. And then I mean, you're meant to go to jail because you can't pay. And you're being oppressed every single day. Pay up, pay up, pay up. Then, all of a sudden, someone comes and pays. Maybe says, for all the insult and everything, just he pays your accuser five million. Maybe five million dollars. Let's just go ridiculous. Pays him five million dollars. For the one million you're owing. Question is, do you owe the one million dollars anymore? No, you don't. In fact, you are now living on credit. <laughs> There's you get 
and not just that the person now gives you like let's just say another 20 million dollars puts in your account gives that guy five million dollars to pay puts 20 million dollars in your account i mean there's no way you're going back into that do you get but what would have sent to prison was what not being able to pay that five that one million one million naira now that you have in excess there's no way you can be there do you understand so that's the whole point of it so if we understand that sin is something that's done away with right and it's not when you receive forgiveness of sins it's like he has already forgiven your sins he has already died and wiped your sins away wiped them away then you believing in him is when you how you receive is how you lay hold of it simple when you understand this concept you realize that no it's not about uh <laughs> it's not about oh lord i'm sorry or, or Lord forgive me now we're going to reali- find out that confession has a place but not the place of receiving forgiveness God is not holding back your forgiveness then when you say I'm sorry I confess my sins okay granted you know those, all those games or something like that uh, what was it granted you know I say forgiven uh, 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 uh. no that's 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 ridiculous that's not what it's saying right aha uh-huh. no <laughs> now there's one or two texts that we look that look as if they are saying that in the New Testament. So let's tear them apart and see what they really say. Acts 3 verse 19. Repent you therefore and be converted that your sins may be blotted out when the time of refreshing shall come from the presence of the Lord. So he says repent you therefore. I think I've taught on repentance and a whole like one or two episodes on repentance where I explain that repent is the word metanoia or metanoia in the Greek and repent just means to change your mind or change your thinking. So in other words, he's saying change your thinking and be converted. So change from your own belief and believe on Christ. He now said that your sins may be what blotted out. So your sins have already been forgiven. It is when you receive Christ that it is now accredited to your account. Simple. It's not saying that when you repent, your sins will be forgiven. No. Then um, 1 John chapter 1, I, I, I taught this in details you, you need to go back which is where verse 9 if we confess our sins he is faithful and just to forgive us our sins and cleanse us from all unrighteousness i explained this in yesterday's episode go and listen to it i will not explain it again i won't explain it again go and listen to that one you will understand exactly what this means this is not talking about uh, what's the word it's not telling you to confess your sins continually no i explained in yesterday's episode go check that one out verse 10 okay sorry let's leave that then the last one is james 5 verse 16 confess your fault one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed so here it says acknowledge your faults to one another this is talking about reconciliation this is about between brethren this is not talking about god you see that confess your faults one to another and pray for one another that you may be healed it's not concerning god it's concerning brethren believers christian relationships okay then um hebrews 10 verse 1 now one thing that we have to realize is that when we have this mindset um of um you know this this legalistic mindset of god where ah, god is waiting to count all my sins and all those things he creates what we call a sin conscious mindset and sin consciousness has really affected many of us believers sin consciousness erodes our confidence before god in sin consciousness you're always thinking of your sins your sins your sins your sins your sins your inadequacy your imperfection all that i've sinned against oh god i've sinned oh, yeah, i've sinned again oh father i'm sorry you know when a person is is sin conscious he can't approach god he's always thinking about his sins in prayer you can't approach god you can't even live righteously you can't you're always thinking about your sin there's this joke that <laughs> one of my pastors you know he said it in Igbo. i mean i don't know Igbo, so i don't say it in english he said <laughs> he said that uh so this i think yeah i think it's Igbo now 
And there's this thing that some of their women will say in the village. They say, Lord, uh, when they're praying, they say, Lord, uh, in any way we have sinned against you, we know we have always sinned in the way we move, the way we eat, the way we talk, the way we sleep, the way we everything we have sinned so forgive us <laughs> and those kind of prayers those kind of things it, it, it's it just it clouds your mind and passes judgment on your on your heart and so you just realize you cannot raise your head towards god you cannot have him uh, or realize that he's proud of you that he's your father he's your dad you're always thinking of how bad you are and how um, you are so incompetent, how you don't qualify, how you are, you are always living in that place. But God doesn't want any believer living there. God, that's the worst place for a believer to live and you think you're glorifying God where you're always remembering your sin, always remembering your sin. Oh, I'm a sin. oh me, Lord, how can you talk to someone like me? How can you even, you know, and then sometimes we even sing um, some of those songs and we, we glorify what we were before. Always talking about, oh, what a sinner I am. Oh, how you look at me. There's nothing good in me. That I, I will sing that trash. It's trash. No. It's wrong. <laughs> sing rather what he has done. Sing the fact that you are forgiven. Sing the fact that you are perfected. Sing those things. Because there is a consciousness that God wants you to have. And it is that of what he has done. Not what you had before. It doesn't glorify God that you are looking like a squirrel. Or a rat running up and down, you know, always ducking for cover concerning your sins. It doesn't glorify Jesus, and you should stop it. <laughs> Look at Hebrews 10, verse 1. For the law, having a good shadow of good things to come, and not the very image of the things, can never with those sacrifices which they offered year by year continually make the commands perfect. So he's saying that they were always offering sacrifices, and it could never perfect them, it could never make them righteous and holy before God. He says, for they didn't have visits to be offered because that the worshippers once purged should not have any more consciousness of sin. So he's telling us here that every time they came to offer those sacrifices, every time they came to the temple, every time they did those things, rather than live with, with a heave of relief like, ah, my sins, rather they left with a condemnation because those things they did could not cleanse their sin and they knew it. So every time they went there, <laughs> To the temple, what were they doing? They were being reminded of their sins. Because there's what we call, I think that's that's Hebrews 10, right? Yeah, Hebrews 10. I think maybe I should even delve deeper. Rather, there was a remembrance of sins. A remembrance. Okay, verse 3. But in those sacrifices, there's a remembrance again made of sins every year. So rather, they were remembering, they were conscious. It was always in their minds. I'm a sinner, I'm a sinner, I'm a sinner. So when the guy who has forgiven your sins by his death, burial and resurrection comes why are you still um how will i put it why are you still in that place where you're you're condemned god doesn't want you to be condemned or sin conscious he wants you to be righteousness conscious that is why he died so understanding that we now move on so the question is do you confess sins for god to forgive you obviously not you don't it has nothing to do with that <laughs> if hey god should i enter that ditch if you don't confess sin, it doesn't change what Christ has done. If you forget to confess sin, it doesn't change what Christ has done. However, there is a place for confession. What is confession? It means to agree to something, right? 2 Corinthians 7 verse 8 talks about godly sorrow. For though I made you sorry with a letter, this is Paul talking, I do not repent, though I did repent, for I perceive that the same epistle has made you what? Sorry, though it were but for a season. Now, 
what is he saying he's talking about the incident in first corinthians where there was a certain man who was sleeping with his father's wife and he wrote to them to excommunicate that guy that is to to make that guy ashamed of his actions by excommunication which is that they were to put him out of their midst and everything in a certain way and so he's writing to them and saying i know you i made you sorry so in other words he did things he scolded them he did things to make them sorry so it means that being sorry is not a bad thing as a believer when you are sorry about the wrong you did it's not a bad thing look at verse 9 now i rejoice not that you were made sorry but that you sorrow to repentance so it's not just about being sorry but that you were sorry to repentance so there is actually um what they call it there's actually genuine emotions of sorrow when you do wrong because okay because it says for we were made sorry after a godly man and i might receive damage of us by nothing so i want you to notice something when you mess up when you sin right you messed up you just did something wrong you know you can become so high on the grace of god to the point that you actually have what we call a conscience seared a seared conscience meaning that you just sin and it doesn't do anything to you you lie mm, you steal mm. there's grace there's forgiveness of sins in Christ. Oh, glory to God. I'm forgiven of my sins. And you can live like that and you will not be robbing yourself so much of rewards, of the privilege of living for Christ. You'll, be, you'll just be, you just be non-challent. Grace covers all. So let me sin. Let's keep sinning. But what confession does, if you after that, you say, Lord, ah, like there should be, sin should weigh heavily on your heart. When you mess up, there should be something that grips your heart. Ah, yeah, I can't believe I did that. Ah, that's just wrong. There should be godly sorrow that comes with it. If you're not experiencing that, you need to get to that place. You know, it's not condemnation. It's different from condemnation. Condemnation is like, oh, you sinner. Condemnation is you. You are a sinner. You are nothing. God can never talk to you. You are a hypocrite. No, no, that, that's condemnation. That's the devil. That's the enemy. But there's a kind of godly sorrow that's, ah, yeah, I just pricked your heart. No, 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 no. This is wrong. Ah, Lord, I'm sorry about this. You're not saying it so that God will now say, okay, yeah, uh, Gabriel, he has apologized. Oh, yeah. He puts his name in the book of life. No. I can't even talk about this book of life. <laughs> oh, glory to God. Tree of life. River of life. Bread of life. <laughs> book of life. What does that tell you? Those are all things used to describe life. And John tells us that life is where? In the sun. So is there a book of life? Well, I think I've left enough clues for you to decide. Is there a book of life? Is your name in this book of... <laughs> someone say I'm sobbing somebody. No, I'm not sobbing. No. Just keep that man. No. Those are just symbols. The Bible is full of symbols talking about life and when you realize that life is in Christ and you understand how that life came to us and you understand the promise of that life uh, it's called eternal life so the question is that is, is your name in that book of life and number two can your name be blotted out of that book well let's leave that here before some people come to my wall and start attacking me <laughs> I'm just opening it but I'm just talking Bible I just want to think about it every believer should think when you don't think someone said it like this that the Lord washed away not your sins and not your brains do you want to you think do you get rather than us being afraid of these things and thinking that these things will cause um, how will I put it ah, 
hey, people begin to live anyhow. That's why I'm addressing this thing I'm saying here. So people don't live anyhow because people, when they realize, oh, I'm forgiven, I'm forgiven, ah, this and that now, hey, ah, I'm secure, they will now begin to behave anyhow. Like, it's actually true. Many people start to behave anyhow. But well, they, they actually had the behaving anyhow heart already. They were just hypocrites in, the old, in, in that other one. Now they are full-blown showing what was in their hearts. And that's how you now start dealing with it. No, it is wrong for you to commit sin and to not feel sorry about or feel bad about it. It's very, very wrong. You should feel bad about your sin. God, you should. Godly sorrow. Verse 10, 2 Corinthians 7, verse 10. For godly sorrow works repentance to salvation. So there should be, ah, you should feel bad about it. And you should repent. And that is done in the place of confession. Lord, I'm sorry about this. I messed up. I did this again. I receive your forgiveness. Thank you for your forgiveness that you've already given me. And I, I know that I'm empowered to do right. I have your spirit. I have your life. And I refuse to walk in this way. I refuse to walk in this way. I renew my mind. I reject living like this, Lord. I reject it. And Lord, I live for you. Thank you. And then you go on your, your life. But do you know what? By pausing to say that, do you know what that has done to you? It has, how will I put it? It has brought to your consciousness this reality that sin is not for you. Rather than just living your life, I are not. Now, there are times, many times you forget. You just forget. That's the truth. You forget. You come in, you forget. Many times. But God does, he doesn't want you to retain a consciousness of condemnation of your sin. No. Let's move on. But the ones you realize, oh, I did this. This is wrong. You take time to acknowledge it, to forsake it, to, to separate yourself from that act, to repent change your mind change your thinking that is what we do so to confess or not to confess i guess you can answer that all right so with that we've come to the end of today's episode don't forget every single day we're praying on mixlr 6 a.m 6 p.m download the app mixlr is the name of the app from the place or from the app store and follow young ecclesia nation after that you just check in by 6 a.m and 6 p.m and we're praying pray with us and strengthen yourself in the Lord Jesus Christ. Today also we'll have a move of God by 8 p.m. Nigerian time. So you want to check in with us on Zoom. You can head over to at weayen W-A-E-A-R-E-Y-E-N for further details and the full details of the meeting, how to get in. Alright, God bless you guys. Have a wonderful day. Bye-bye. If this blessed you or you want to say hi or you have a question, you can head over to my Instagram, that's pst.essien, pst.essien, see you there.